Hello and welcome to Permanently Resident, a podcast about the ups and downs of living abroad. This is episode six. Today we're talking about drinking culture. My name is Robin. I'm from Brighton, England, and I live in Richmond, California. Hey, I'm Jose. I'm from Simi Valley, California, and I'm living in Tokyo, Japan. So today we're going to talk a little bit about drinking. So let's uh, let's start at the beginning of our own relationship, which was at uh, UCSB, University of California, Santa Barbara. What's that all about? What's the drinking culture there like? How would you describe it? I would describe it as a very, very wild scene. Um, I looked it up in the past and, you know, at least when we were there, UCSB was one of the top five party schools in America. So it was renowned. It was famous for uh, drinking and, uh, you know, the party scene. So I think it was a really wild atmosphere at that time. Well, yeah, I mean, for those people who don't know anything about it, let's give them a little picture. So UCSB, the campus is on the ocean, right? The the university has its own private beaches. And then a lot of the students live in the little town that's right next to the campus, which is also on the beach, which is Isla Vista, right? So it's in Southern California. It's hot. There are, you know, in the summers, uh, you know, hundreds of girls running around in their bikinis you know it's party central right (laughs) yeah that that gives a pretty clear image um and you know on the weekends i mean for some people not even the weekends but you're setting up a lot of house parties because as you mentioned a lot of people are living off campus there are dormitories on campus but the dormitories on campus are very uh i guess you could say regulate uh regulated and, um, you know, they can have some security check-in or uh, some dorm uh, authority figures check-in. So it's not the best place to drink. But, uh, yeah. but the houses right off the campus, which there's uh, streets and streets of houses occupied by students. And you'll have maybe four or five students sharing one of these houses, right? Um, there's no regulation there. So students can act much more freely and they definitely take advantage of that. Yeah, I remember reading when I, when I, first, when I first got there that Isla Vista, the little town, is one of the most highly, one of the most densely populated um, urban areas in the whole of California just because there are so many students living in the houses and, you know, they'll live like two, three, even sometimes four people in one room, right? Um, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, students need to save rent, um, you know, or they just, yeah, it's an economical solution, right? Pack the house with as many people as possible. Or if you have money, you know, you have a beachside house and a great room. So that's, that's how it goes. But I get, I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, I've been to quite a few university towns and this one is, this one is exceptional because it is like every single house on every single street is full of students. Like there aren't any like regular families living over there, right? Oh yeah. I mean, if you're a regular family, you want to get out, you want to escape because otherwise every weekend is going to be like loud blaring music, uh, drunken people walking up and down the streets. I mean, there, there's no way you want to raise a family in that kind of atmosphere, right? Exactly. So 
so it's been a while now. I mean, it's it's been what eleven or twelve years since I was there. You were there till what two thousand eleven? Is that right? Or two thousand ten? Yeah, two thousand ten was the end of it. Um, so it, it has been a while, but I have fond memories of uh, drinking on campus. Um, I guess the one word to describe drinking on campus would be excess. Uh, people didn't, you know, control themselves. There's a lot of over drinking. There's a lot of people who just, you know, are laying down on the side of the road, perhaps, <laughs> or laying face flat somewhere. Uh, you know, peeing in public, unfortunately. Uh, it's just a lot of rowdy behavior there. Or laying on the beach, I guess, would be would be a, a you know typical one. Let's talk a little bit about um, what was that huge party that was there when we were there? It was like uh, Flotopia, is that what it was called? I feel like that's the quintessential like Isla Vista party. Yeah, I didn't really participate, but I, I did go to the beach and just kind of watch. Um, yeah. So I guess Flotopia is one of the more dangerous situations you could think of. You drink a lot. Uh, you're already drunk. Then a mass of people, right, they head out to the ocean, right? And they're on these floaty devices. And I don't do they, they might take even beers on hand and go out in the ocean, you know, floating out in the ocean and drinking in this huge summer party, right? Just on all kinds of floating devices that you can imagine. Yeah, I remember, I think that was the last, that was the last one while we were there, though, because I think like the county of, the county of Santa Barbara went crazy after that because there was so much trash everywhere all over the beach and like people falling off the cliffs and stuff like that. So, yeah, so but, getting drunk, falling off the cliff and dying, drowning in the ocean, <laughs> uh, leaving, leaving mass trash on the beach. It was, yeah, I don't really blame them for, for uh, canceling that one. It's probably a good idea. I guess one of the things that surprised me was how strict they were about. I mean, I, I knew that the drinking age was 21 years old in uh -huh. the United States, but going into that dorm environment where they're treating you like little kids, you know, I was like, it reminded me when I went to, uh, to camp when I was at school, when I was 11 or 12 years old, we went on a little trip for one week and it felt like that, you know, Oh, you mean living, People, living on the campus? Living on the campus, yeah. I just, I felt like I had regressed about five years. Yeah, it's, it's very odd um, how, I guess, America treats, uh, you know, drinking sometimes. It's very regulated. But, you know, as you can see, maybe there's a need to regulate it because there's an there's a immaturity in Americans when it comes to drinking, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah. especially. Well, what I mean, what are the big things like uh, beer pong? That's very popular, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't even know if a lot of people could imagine beer pong, but it's it's a game where you you know kind of like ping pong, I guess. You have a table set up, and then you stack a row of cups on one side, and then on the other side are also you know a row of cups. Uh, yeah. And you, you spend time throwing a ping pong ball from one side of the table to the other side of the table, right? Like uh, you have an opponent and the whole goal is to throw the, the ping pong ball in your opponent's cups. 
and these cups are filled with beer. And I guess when you throw it in their cup, they just have to, you know, chug that beer, right? So it's a long-time university uh, beer game. I, I remember seeing it for the first time. I was like, what the hell are these people doing? Why, why are they dipping dirty ping pong balls in beer and, and drinking it? That does get kind of gross. You start, you throw a ping pong ball around and, you know, it's, it's going everywhere and lands in the cup and you got to drink it. But you do use a water cup, I guess. I guess that's trying to signify you're cleansing the ball between each throw. <laughs> a cleanse of the ball. Uh, Were you good what, at that? What about... What about a beer bong? Have you tried that before? I've seen other people doing it, but I haven't done it myself. A beer bong, like uh, getting turned upside down and, uh, I don't know, getting getting beer like put into you from some kind of device, right? Yeah, have you ever done that? Uh, I can't really recall. Maybe once. Have you, have you done that? Uh, no, no, no. No beer bongs for you? Again, it's te- I saw, I've seen a couple of people do it, and I just thought, "What? I don't want that. I don't want to do that. It's very unpleasant." <laughs> and especially when they're using some garbage beer like Miller Lite or Natural Light or something like that. College students, no money. You gotta buy the cheaper beer. And especially if you're playing beer pong. I mean, so are you good at beer yeah. pong? By the way, have you? Did you play a lot? I think we played a few times together. I'm not too bad at it. Yeah? You got some, some skill there? Well, I wouldn't want to boast, but, you know, I've, I've won a few games. Okay. Yeah, I like the competitive aspect of it because I, I just like competition in general, so that, that part's cool. It's okay. I mean, I, I don't mind playing it. It's just, it just feels a bit weird sometimes when maybe I just want to sit down and drink a beer or Mm-hmm. whatever and they're like oh let's play beer pong let's play beer pong like, what? I just, I just, can we just sit down and have a chat and drink a beer or watch some tv or just you know yeah no no we gotta play beer pong we gotta like, well, <laughs> why why just drink beer and watch a movie <laughs> You'll have a chat, like it's a, I, I don't know. It just seems very infantile, or something. Do you think? Do you think part of the, I guess, American, I guess, strictness? Because there is a strictness against drinking, right? Um, yeah, uh, yeah, yes and no, right? I mean, it's. Uh-huh. I don't. I don't know why the society is fooling itself. You know, like oh, you know, oh, no, no drinking if you're under twenty. One, but then you go somewhere like UCSB, and mm-hmm. you know, seventy-five percent of the students are just absolutely hammered at least once a week, and it's just making a little bit of a mockery about it. You know, like it's, they've got these laws and they're quite strictly enforced, but yet everybody who's under the age of twenty-one is still drunk. I would guess that one of the reasons that America has that age is probably because, you know. Uh, America probably has the largest road network and it's uh, their young people start driving at a pretty early age. So I would guess it was probably instituted or, or enforced this way just to prevent driving accidents more than anything. Mm, I don't think so. I think it's more a reflection of the kind of traditional puritanical values that That's um, Americans often have. That, that's definitely true because uh, Mm, 
I guess in, in England, you would start drinking at what, 15 or 14 years old? Well, yeah, I guess that's part of the reason why I think it shocked me when I came here or things, because I had, you know, when I arrived at UCSB, I'd just finished one year of the first year of university in England. And so, you know, in England too, there's a heavy drinking culture for university students, but also in general, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you guys have your, your pubs. They open like at 10 a.m. So you're all ready to go. In the whoa, whoa, whoa. Have you, have your, I, don't know where you get, I don't know where you're getting your information from. But. Eat some breakfast and then have a beer right after, right? <laughs> well, I mean, you're English. I'm not, sure where, I'm not sure where you've been getting that from, but uh, that's not a typical activity. Um, Possible though, right? But yeah, it's it's popular. But I feel like there's a bit, there's a more measured attitude about alcohol in general. Obviously, there are exceptions to that. But yeah, you know, people people from a much younger age will have a have a drink mm-hmm. and enjoy it. You know, so I'm not saying that I did. You know, when I the first time I got drunk was probably when I was 14, mm-hmm. maybe. Wow. Um, Young. And, it, you know, it used to be a lot easier to get alcohol at that time, which was around like 2000, 2001. Um, so if you're 15 and you're in England, can you just go in a pub and they'll serve you? No, no. I mean, they used sometimes, you know, when I was 15 or 16, I'd get served in a pub. Yes. Not anymore. It's become a lot stricter than it used to be. Okay. Uh, but but that's just like 10 years ago so or 15 years ago so i mean yeah it wasn't that long ago they were giving you a beer at 15 in a pub yeah not every pub but yeah i definitely got served plenty of times when i was 15 16 years old in the pub no no problem sometimes i didn't so i'd have to leave but you know there's just a different attitude here you can't even go into a bar if you're under 21 years old in England, you can go into a pub when, you know, you, you, people take kids to the pub. It's fine. You know, they can't, they can't drink, but, you know, they have their Coca-Cola or whatever. And, uh, you know, there are some places that are more family friendly and people will take their kids to the pub, have a beer, play a game maybe. Here, that's unthinkable, you know. Um, yeah, I, th- I think for UCSB, it's just like, as you mentioned, people being exposed to alcohol for the first time, people, probably a lot of them living on their own for the first time, being, yeah. far, being far from home, as you mentioned, being in an idyllic uh, setting of the beach, uh, a lot of house parties, a lot, I guess a lot of beautiful people, and um, you know, all that mixed in along with a strong you know, ingrained uh, party culture. Like, you know, we mentioned it's a top five university for partying, huge festivals like Flotopia, where everyone gets on uh, some floating boat or device and drinks out in the ocean, like a mass of people, a Halloween, which is just insane. Oh, man. Anyone listening, you know, please go to YouTube, put UCSB Halloween and it'll just be madness, right? So I think all these things in concert just create the kind of environment that was kind of kind of shocking for drinking, right? 
Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not that British students don't get drunk because they do, and they often get very drunk. It just tends to take them a little bit longer. You know, you'd, I'd see these sometimes. I'd be at a party or even in the dorm sometimes. Yeah. And we'd start drinking, and then sometimes people will be puking after thirty or forty-five minutes. You know, oh, and yeah. I just think, well, what, what the hell is this person doing? You know, in England, people will be puking, sure, but that will be after you've been drinking for maybe six or eight hours. You know, you might start in the early evening. You go to go to the pub, and maybe you go somewhere else, and then yeah, maybe one or two a.m. somebody would be puking. But UCSB people would. Take, you know, people who've never really drunk before would, you know, take five, six shots of vodka. Yeah, that's probably glit, probably glens in, you know, <laughs> 10 or 15 minutes. And then, yeah, they'd be puking everywhere. Again, I just, that sounds just like the inexperience of drinking. Like, if you're not a drinker and you're just coming out of the gate with some tequila shots, it's never going to end. <laughs> I mean, even, even me, I was an experienced drinker. If, if I have one tequila shot, I know it's going to be a, probably a rough morning the next day. Two tequila shots, I'm gambling at that point, right? So Yeah, so I, yeah. Guess, I guess a big difference, and you can talk about beer pong, you can talk about other things. It's just mm-hmm. like, I guess there's a, just a, a different relationship with alcohol and... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, British people, you know, it's just kind of a social lubricant, if you want to call it that. Whereas in America, it's almost like a game, you know. Um, Gamification of everything. Yeah. So, as, you know, I've, as I just said, I just found that a bit tiresome. You know, maybe I just want to drink a beer, even if it's a natural light. Mm-hmm. You know, that's fine. If it's nice and cold, just sit down, have a beer. But then, you know, someone's someone's yelling and saying, shot, 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 chug it, chug it, chug it. I'm like, oh, God, just give it a break, will you? <laughs> that party that party atmosphere. It was fun sometimes, but definitely uh, tiresome. So I, I'm yeah. sure British people go, like, I've, I've obviously had a few British friends besides you. And I noticed this thing. And you can tell me if it's British or not, but I'll be about three quarters done with my beer. And they'll be, yeah. eyeing, they'll be eyeing up my beer, like, all the time. And then they'll just order the next one. It's like, I, I'm not even done. So th- they have this, like, idea to constantly keep it flowing. You know, I mean, they're not trying to excess drink, but as long as I'm getting through my, my beer three quarters of the way, they just want that next yeah. one to be lined up. Is that a, is that a British thing? Um, I mean, in, my, in terms of, like, people buying rounds of drinks, like, that's kind of important as a concept right is that what you're talking about like no i'm talking if you about- bought the first round and then you, they see you getting to the end then they might feel some social pressure to get the next round to make sure that you you know they're being polite about it okay okay that could be it because i've definitely gone through the round experience like usually it starts with you get the first round <laughs> amongst british people that's what i've gotten <laughs> what are you saying that british people are cheap yeah How dare you? okay <laughs> I'll usually disagree, uh, but uh, yeah, it could it could have something to do with the round culture, right? To get to get rounds, which I think it's a pretty good. Cool, I like it. I don't I don't really mind it. It's just, I guess the one downside is like, I'm not really done with my beer. You don't need to like order the next one up. You know, you could you could wait till I finish it, right? But that's the point. If if I'm not saying this is the case, but if that person wants another beer. Uh-huh. 
and they've and you've got the first round they if they want another beer they have to buy you one at the same time right they can't just uh-huh. you know what i'm saying they can't just get one for themselves they have to buy you one too so mm-hmm. you know they're probably anxious for you to finish so they can get themselves another one okay that makes sense that's that's probably that's probably it um i just felt like oh man they're always ready to get the next one lined up come on man just chill out relax a little bit <laughs> maybe you should tell them that that's how you feel about it <laughs> i mean uh, you know when you're with brits just just go as they do when you're in rome act like Roman. so it's fine yeah. so what what about japan then or you know you've lived in korea too like yeah you know, obviously i don't really know too much about those countries and you know i've got this stereotype of the japanese salaryman with his tie tied around his head and he's you know collapsing on the street after he's been you know out drinking sake bombs and singing karaoke all night is that how it is uh yeah i think i think japanese people enjoy their their alcohol after work um i've definitely seen a fair share of drunk salarymen in my day uh, what, one thing that I do find interesting is, um, you know, in America, we're really, we have this huge, like, uh, alcoholism, you know, uh, health structure or I guess awareness or that kind of thing. Right. I guess in Japan, I, you know, it just feels for me, like if there's a, a salary man who's like drinking every day after work or, you know, always getting drunk, it's kind of like seeing it. Yeah. Yo, he's just, you know, that's, that's Matsumoto, you know, he's always going crazy after work kind of thing. It's not like that's John, he has a problem with alcohol, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's viewed quite differently, I think. I, I don't know what it takes to be a, a true alcoholic in Japan, but I think the standard looks like it's much higher. So there's no real discussion about people having a problem with alcohol, definitely uh not a public discussion not not at all and um i find that very odd because there must be a lot of like undiagnosed or unidentified or just you know a lot of alcoholism that flies under the radar here so i mean do you do you find that to be a kind of sad thing i think it's kind of sad yeah I mean, it's it's got to be especially tough if you're, you know, for families or whatnot, right? I mean, if yeah, if these people are married or they have kids and they're constantly out getting hammered all the time, yeah, and they're already working, you know, twelve-hour days every single day, then mm-hmm. you know, what's that doing to their family lives? Yeah, so that that's uh that's something that I've always observed from afar and always kind of wondered about, because uh, I have met Japanese people like that and like I, I their friends would just laugh it off like ha 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 he's he's such a clown he's always doing this or like I'd be like well you know he's been at the bar five or six out of seven nights a week and maybe it, you know it might be an actual problem you know so but but no one. Yeah. No one tells it to that kind of person, right? They just let it slide. Um, another thing, you know, Japan is a very ritualistic country. So what yeah. one point that I do find a bit annoying is um, you all go to a, a bar, like seven or eight people, Japanese people, you're with them. 
and you know we're all deciding what to drink and the drinks don't all usually i mean sometimes they all come at the same time but sometimes they'll bring out your drink their drink and you just sit there and you just wait and you look at your beer because you all need to wait for everyone to get their drink so you could all do that first cheers together how about is that also in britain in a big group uh, in america i don't i don't know maybe you just start drinking i mean i think you know if you get around in a pub yeah then it's all the person's going to be ordering at the bar right so some of the drinks are going to come more quickly but they're going to wait till all they have all the drinks and they're going to bring them all to the table so yeah you're probably you're probably going to wait i mean just like i think here too you're not going to start your meal uh-huh. for the most part you wouldn't start your meal unless everybody else has their has their meal like in a restaurant right i mean somebody's probably going to say go on go on you should start you should start but Mm. you know i think that i think i'm not going to say it's a universal but i think for the most part people i don't know even in like big groups of like 10 12 20 people they'll literally just sit there and wait well what's going to happen if you pick up your beer and start taking a sip it's just probably be rude right you probably just wouldn't do it So, and then the, and then it's very ritualistic too, in the sense that the first drink has to be a beer. Everyone's going to order a beer, the first one. And after the first one, drink whatever you want. I don't, I don't know. You, I guess you need a beer for the first cheers. Hmm. So it's. What uh, about, what about the pressure to drink a lot of alcohol, especially around, you know, in professional situations? Um, yeah, I don't think there's, I mean, I haven't experienced it. Uh, I guess mm. to ask a Japanese person about pressure, about consumption. I, but a pressure that I have noticed is is uh, the pressure to have to drink with your coworkers after work. Yeah. So this this pressure does exist. Um, you know, if if you don't go out with them, maybe you know you're seen as someone who's antisocial. Maybe you're seen as someone who's uh, you know doesn't like their coworkers, or so especially if the boss invites you you know it's like oh i, I better go so i have been in situations with uh akari my, my girlfriend where it's like she tells me oh, i have to go to this after work drinking thing i'm like why just don't go who cares like in america it's very easy right like you know i gotta meet my friends sorry i can't come right it, you prioritize your friends right but, well yeah you have to you'd have to make an excuse right yeah yeah. You can't just say, Oh, I don't want to come. You'd yeah. have to make some garbage excuse and then that would be okay. But in Japan it's like, oh, it's it's my obligation or I should go to this. It's you know, it's it's kind of important. So there's a lot of pressure to yeah, yeah. to stay, to waste your time. You know, I mean some of them probably enjoy it, right? But for the most part, you know, a lot of them probably just, you know, rather be somewhere else. Uh but I think this social pressure has been on the decline for uh, for a few years. So it's well, not for a few years, maybe for the past decade. So it's it's definitely lighting lighting up, lightening up. So yeah, Megumi Megumi was telling me the same thing the other day that um, mm-hmm. you know that there's always that there's always that pressure. And I I was just wondering whether the does the does do you think the boss even enjoys that or is that just something is that something the boss feels like they have to do as well? Um yeah, that's an interesting question. I guess 
maybe the boss would be doing it to like, you know, for some team building purposes. So he might not exactly want to do it. Uh, but it could be just like, I need, I need to, you know, create more cooperation within my, my team, my employees. So that could be a reason. Uh, I mean, you know how it is. Usually older people enjoy that stuff more than younger people, right? No? Yeah, maybe. I, I just, I mean, I really can't get my head around that culture, you know, so, but again, it's the case that, it's that, you know, here is a more, and in Britain too, it's a more of an individualistic attitude, mm -hmm. right? I've got something more important to do. So I'm going to, I've got to see my family. I've got to see my friends or whatever it might be. Whereas mm -hmm. that's not acceptable in Japan, right? Yeah. And then the, I guess for me, I don't know about for you, but for me, like the worst part was like, after you drink a lot with people in Japan, like a lot of Japanese people, not all of them, but a lot of Japanese people have the tendency to want to take you to karaoke or go to karaoke. And I don't like singing and I don't like to be in that room, you know, listening to other people sing. So it's just, I, I totally avoid it. I mean, what about you? Would you want to go there? I don't mind going to karaoke once in a while, but I don't particularly enjoy karaoke. Okay, okay, because that's usually the end goal of a lot of, uh, I guess you would call, wild Japanese nights. <laughs> heading, heading to the, the karaoke. Why do they have to go to karaoke? It's cultural. I mean, they just, you know, get, let's drink. Oh, we drank too much. Oh, let's go to karaoke. Or it could be because, like, they missed the last train, which is usually around midnight or 1 a.m. And, uh, you know, if you miss the last train, you have to wait for the morning train. And the morning train starts running, what, like 4 45 a.m.? Mm. So, you know, let's, let's kill time in the karaoke room, I guess. Kill, kill four hours in there until the train starts running. Either that or pay $100 or whatever for a taxi, right? Yeah. So, well, let's conclude. I mean, which mm -hmm. we've touched on a few points. I mean... Yeah. Which 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 do you think is healthier? You think it's drinking culture in Japan is healthier, or you think, or you think it's healthier in the in the US? Mm. Yeah, that's that's tough to say because I didn't drink as an adult in the US. I drank more as a as a mm. university student, and maybe yeah, of course, heading into my mid twenties. But I don't, you know, I definitely acted differently. So I didn't have a mature relationship with alcohol in the United States. I mean, I don't know if I have one now, but <laughs> probably much more mature than then. So the, the one thing I would say is um, because you're driving in the U.S., perhaps you can't drink as freely as you can in living in Tokyo. Because in Tokyo, mm -hmm. you never have to worry about your car or driving home. Uh, you can always usually get home by train or taxi, you know, it's, it's yeah. all available. So you can definitely drink more freely here, I think. Mm, that so, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think, I, go ahead. I think for me, for me, there are some aspects in Britain where it's healthier. Okay. You know, people, I think people start a little bit younger and they, encouraged to have a more responsible relationship with alcohol from when they're a teenager so i think that's good but then at the same time i feel like 
sometimes if you don't want to drink it can be it can be quite difficult to get on especially in social situations because that is a kind of a default social situation um the default social activity oh let's go to the pub oh we're having dinner we've got to have wine you know it's just it's so ingrained into all of these different activities that it can be quite difficult to um be outside of that whereas i feel like especially in the bay area in california it's much easier not to drink if you don't want to um people are a little bit more accepting and people are more flexible if if you don't you know you don't want to partake whereas i think in england if you say oh I, i'm not drinking at the moment people are automatically going to assume that you're an alcoholic yeah definitely i guess in japan and asia too if you don't drink it, it could cause some uh you know problems at work i don't know about these days but definitely like at least 10 years ago or definitely in the past like if you don't drink with the with the boss or you don't go to these uh you know i guess you'd call them nomikais uh you know gatherings after work uh you know you could lose out on a promotion you could you could lose out on moving up the ladder or making those uh business connections and networks so it would definitely be a loss. And I guess in general, like what I heard in Korea is, you know, if someone's not drinking with you, you know, what are they hiding? It was that kind of attitude. Like, why, why aren't they letting loose uh, okay. in your guard? And this is, I've heard that from Korean people. So mm, it's tricky. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap, wrap things up then. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Thanks everyone. See you next time.